Cunt rag is like such a like it's the best. It's the best. What word. a fun diss. It's cunt so rag. good. I mean, can you say something nastier to somebody to call them a cunt rag? I don't think so. And it's like when you try and think of that description, so it's like a rag that you use to wash your vagina with. Is that what that means? <laughs> like it's just so funny. <laughs> you are totally under the influence. From social media influencers, athletes, entertainers, and business moguls, it's time to get inspired. It's time for Under the Influence with Tom Ward. And now, Under the Influence. We're sitting here with Bella Thorne, who needs no introduction. You need no introduction because you're fucking everywhere. <laughs> you're in the news every day mm. about something. It's nonstop. I mean... I'm just out here. Yeah, yesterday you were directing your porn, so that was all over those big headlines. My short film. Your short, your short film. <laughs> With lots of sexual content. Yes. <laughs> Produced by Pornhub. So that was yesterday. Who knows what'll be tomorrow. You did your book signing yesterday. Uh-huh. Then it was she was wearing Chanel. Shout yeah. out to Chanel. Then it was shooting the movie. Yes. Then it was a video. Then it was there was other things. Then it involved. was breakups. Oh yeah. All that. Yeah, there's so many things. There yeah. was makeups. Breakups, makeups, <laughs> breakups, makeups. <laughs> what is, is that annoying? Just constantly Which part? The part that you're always in the press. I mean, you just did an interview now, you're doing one now. You just Google your name and there's stories every day, Daily Mail or somebody. Bella Thorne this, Bella Thorne that. Abid. It's kind of awesome that you guys can come in and interview me in my bed. It's pretty relaxing. Maybe I'm getting a contact high. I don't know. But it's very, <laughs> but it's very nice. I'm not it's complaining. A, it's, I, I'm, I'm always doing something and I work so much. So then when I have to do interviews and such, when you guys come here, it's awesome. Yeah. Well, thanks for having us. Much less work. Beautiful house. I remember last time we sat down, it was at your old house, which was weird to you guys out there. It was in the middle of a normal neighborhood without giving away her location. This place is secluded as fuck. <laughs> you gotta dial codes to get in. You it's can't up. even. <laughs> yeah, yeah it's, so... it's let's say isolated without giving away her location. At the old spot, did you get a lot of paparazzi or just fans coming up? Because it got out there where you live? Paparazzi, fans, kind of the whole thing, really. Um, a lot of fans at like 4 a.m. I don't even know what they're doing. I'm blocking the streets at 4 a.m., screaming outside my windows, and uh, it's paparazzi every time you walk outside of the house. Like walking your dog, paparazzi? Like anything. Like anybody that even comes into your house is paparazzi. Like you've been paparazzi at my house. Oh, Because you've wow. been at my house. I like that. I didn't see the photos because no one gives a fuck, but it's nice to be paparazzi. It's 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 really the laws are so interesting there. It's it's quite like you can you can kind of step on someone's car in a sense. They let you get away with it. You, you can you can stalk someone as long as you have a camera around your neck. Um, but God forbid uh, a celebrity posts a photo that you took of them without their consent, then they're you're gonna sue them for it. It's in, like the laws are so weird there. It really doesn't make any sense to me. Mm-hmm. Do you does you find it takes away from your acting sometimes? Because well, of course, because like, like your girl Jessica Chastain, who you love, love her. You don't see her much in the headlines. You know, I don't know anything about Jessica Chastain's life. I don't know if she's married, if she's dating, what she ate for lunch today. Who the fuck knows? But when you go to lunch, if you go to Nobu after this, we're gonna know exactly what Bella Thorne ordered. Uh huh. Is that annoying at times? Um, I mean, don't you want to be left the fuck alone? I mean, 
Yeah, sometimes I want to be left alone. Sometimes it gets on my nerves when it's like really bad timing or let's say I'm in a really bad mood that day, which is can happen. Um, and uh, then it's just like wrong place, wrong time. And then I feel bad because I get it. Everyone has a job to do and everyone's got to make money. True. So like it is what it is. Um, but it's also just sometimes it's like, <sighs> really, guys? Yes. You know, really? You really care about what <laughs> oh, I ate for lunch today? So or like, you know, sometimes I'll be like, okay, okay, I see you. And I'll stay on there. I'll give them a few poses. And I'm like, okay, like, are you good? And then some paparazzi so nice. And they're like, yeah, thank you so much, Paul. Thank you, thank you. I'll leave you alone. I'm like, thank you. And then I can, like, get back to, like, normal. Mm-hmm. But then others, they're, they they literally don't, just won't stop. And then you're like, okay, now you're, or, you know, they're, they're looking for a reaction. We were just driving, and they're on top of the car. And on top I was of the like, car? Yeah, like, coming on top. Like, As you were um, driving? They're, like, 55 uh, no, miles like, an hour? We're pulling out. out of L.A. Oh, okay. And um, they're, like, literally, like, on the car. <laughs> like, uh, like their they're, uh, camera's on the windshield glass. And it's so bright. The person driving literally, like, can't see. And I'm like, no, no, don't drive because they've never done this before. And I'm mm-hmm. like, we just have to sit here. And then <laughs> they're like, what? And I'm like, yeah, yeah, we just have to sit here for like a couple and they can just let them keep flashing at us. Do you have to, and they're this looking is something at me like, you what? Learn. And I'm like, if you drive, yeah. you're going to run them over. <laughs> like, <laughs> so we just have, and they're waiting for that reaction for you to like get upset and like be like, yo, with the, or look like you're in an argument with somebody in the car. So Wait, that's on can, TMZ tonight. Yeah, yeah. Oh, TMZ, man. They love me over there. <laughs> <laughs> but it seems like you got a lot of good things going on. The boy, we got a new boyfriend. We do, do have we like a boyfriend. Him? Yeah, we love him. Okay, you guys seem very cute off camera. <laughs> I like that. <laughs> you got a new book. Uh-huh. You got your de- directorial debut in your art film. Mm-hmm. Now, what I've was got the- a show I'm writing that what really writing? should come out. I probably can't talk about it yet, but there really okay. should be coming out soon. Um, but I'm really excited. I, I created it, and I'm co-directing uh, the pilot, and... I just I love this show. It's it's all my it's all my heart in a little ninety seven page two <laughs> hour pilot. <laughs> okay. Um, and uh, yeah, so there's there's also that we wrap the new movie. I go and I start a new movie in two weeks, um, and then we have the the music stuff. I'm just about to just You're still finally, doing the filthy fangs thing. Um, yeah, I still yeah I still on the record label. We're just about to get um Jimmy our artist's music like his whole album kind of finished up, mm-hmm. and um then because you know we're creating like a new artist in the sense of building a complete image, uh, a flow, a vibe, what people will think of him, what they'll see of him, you know, and that always takes its own kind of time to to find what he wants to be, who mm-hmm. he wants to be publicly, you know. Um, the image he wants to create for himself. And then I'm just about to finally finish my music, which has been so long and such a fun, irritating process. Um, And so finally, after the movie, this next one, my album will be like pretty much done. And so then I'll be releasing that and then going into pre-production. Nice. On the show. Shit, it never stops. No. What was the directing? Don't forget the acne line and the makeup line. What's the acne? <laughs> and the weed brand. You have your own weed brand? <laughs> I do. No shit. Right, my camera guy, he, he just perked up. He's a big I'm weed out guy. Here. Yeah, right? You're I'm out. I'm out here. Everybody's got a weed line now. I interviewed <laughs> Elijah Daniel. I don't know if you know him. Oh, yeah. I yeah, love Elijah. He's, he's great. But he, he, was, he said he's got the only gay weed line out there. So what makes... What is that weed? He's gay and he has a weed line. I don't know. Maybe the weed is gay. <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> does he mean he's I, the only 
Um, he said it was a gay weed strain. Gay. I think he's just fucking oh, around. Okay. He's just fucking, okay, okay. It's I'm Elijah, saying, he's fucking around. I was, I was gonna say, I'm pretty sure there's quite a lot of people as well that are um, gay that own weed brands. Yes. <laughs> he, he claims it's the only gay weed strain. He should call it like happy weed. Like totally. Like, you, he should totally do a strain that's like completely like a happy weed strain? and it's a sativa. <laughs> um, I have quite a few fun <laughs> names were out there on the names but the brand itself is I think I'm allowed to say it. We'll have to ask Kate after okay. we're done. Yeah. But it's Forbidden Flowers. Okay. Is, is that what you're smoking right now? It can, is this available in stores? Not yet, but we're always done with it. Dude, growing up in so, Florida, so could you ever imagine that? Like smoking weed in Florida growing up. Could you imagine like it being legal to be able to walk into a store and get it? To be able to have your own weed strain? It's insane. I mean, yeah, no, it's definitely very weird. I'm, I'm very sure for um, for a lot of different generations, it's much crazier than for me. Um, I, in the sense that I didn't grow up in my, I grew up in Miami, but I moved to LA when I was eight, oh, okay. nine. So, so it's like, yeah, so it's like that. But also it's just crazy in general that like, you know, you can go to places like a pharmacy in a sense and, and get a, a, a drug that many people have been killed over in prisons for years, still in prison oh, yeah. for years, even though it's legal. Like there are so many things when you smoke weed and you're just like, and now we're just able to like smoke it like no big deal when all these people are still suffering from years of doing the same shit that we're doing now. But finally, we like to say, oh, okay, it's cool. When it was always chill, guys. Like, calm down. <laughs> yeah, exactly. What was it like directing your, your recent movie? Did you, because I, I saw the, the short interview you did on Complex yesterday. I didn't understand. Did you cast the people too? Yeah. No shit. And Bella, yeah, and Aaron. How do you cast porn stars? Um, I, I had them read. Obviously. No, I mean, but is there like an agency and you go, Ooh, I like her ass. I like um, his abs. No, no. How does no, it work? I, I don't, that's, I didn't want to, cause you, so the film originally when I was, um, chopping it around and, and then, uh, it obviously has a physical sexual, uh, nature to it that is really a bit more on the violent side. Mm -hmm. I saw that. I saw mm -hmm. a girl, somebody with a knife. I'm like, what the fuck did Bella do? What is this? It's a little bit on the psychological side of kind of playing a cat and mouse game that I really liked. And I think that speaks for a lot of our male versus female constantly when it doesn't really need to be like that. But there's always this level of yeah. dominance and submissive and how that plays such a big role in general in life. So I wanted to do something like that. So I brought it into a sense where you could really see it. So it's physical. Um, but I had, uh, yeah, I had both of them read. And um, just like a normal movie, uh, yeah. Well, that it was originally when I wrote it too, there was a sex scene, but it wasn't like fully produced by Pornhub sex scene, mm -hmm. you know, yeah. it was a sex scene. Um, and so then when Pornhub wanted to do it, I was like, great, because I didn't want to just do a sex scene that felt kind of like we're copping out in a sense, mm -hmm. like, oh, well, we can't show this and we can't show that, so we're just gonna like do a little fun thing with the camera and be like. Oh, you know, I didn't really, that's like not the style. I really love the movie Love. Uh, so that's not, that's like one of my references for when I, when I shot it. So I, I like that style of just being really realistic. Like, you know, even when, <clears throat> for instance, when you're doing sex scenes, and you're filming them in movies and then they're like, 
oh, well, like, take off your bra. And you're like, okay, but also there's some times where you're having sex and your bra's on. And that's actually even more natural because it's more realistic. Sometimes mm-hmm. you don't take off the bra. Sometimes sure, you're like this or you, you know, and it's like, so there's a lot of things that I think kind of go around the ways of us, the way we think sex happens. Mm-hmm. So I kind of wanted to just really let them play in that sense. And on the sexual side, obviously, I gave them direction because the scene kind of, Starts here and ends up a few places. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but um, mostly like... Hit your mark. Yeah, mostly it was really about getting this level of connection between the two. Mm-hmm. And then at the end, this complete um, equality and happiness between the both of them in this sexual moment where they're both connecting on such a uh, a level of... What am I trying to describe? Like... Intimate level? Yeah, like, no, like, where they're both, you know, because it is such a fighting for dominance and submissive. and They're equal at the yeah, end? Yeah, so it's when they're connecting in their in-bed mm-hmm. uh, it, towards the end of their sexual... Their lovemaking. <laughs> their lovemaking. Yes. <laughs> um, it's You could say fucking. Fucking. It's, it's okay. <laughs> yeah. I always all... felt awkward when I was on set, too. I was like, so you're going to, like, and then, like, you know, maybe, like, you know what I'm saying? Like, it's like a... Like, I'm like, oh, God. <laughs> what was it like watching <laughs> live fucking? What was that like? It was, it was so... Was it weird? It was so um, interesting. Um, <laughs> it was so interesting, really. Yeah. Yeah. Like, I don't you're at the zoo and watching word. animals go at it? Like, that kind of experience? No, because it's also, like, you're not... You know, as a director, you want your two people to, like, do what they have to do. But there's also a certain level of direction. And because... There is such an awkwardness of a bunch of people around you watching you do this. Yeah. And uh, when I direct, I, I, I talk a lot while I direct. So I'm like, no, B-cam, kind of go down, find that. No, 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 I don't like that. I actually, pull focus to that thing back there. And like, oh, Abella, head down. Okay, yeah, yeah, that looks good right there. Okay, A-cam, up a little bit. And so I'm always talking, so it feels even more awkward in the sense that they're not like able to just go at it. Yeah, yeah. Well, I mean, with this direction, like, I can't really see your dick. I want to look oh, at it from over here. Oh, it's actually so funny because I'm like really a person of like when when I shoot, like I love body. I love skin. I love sex in general. Mm-hmm. I love sexy um, on anybody. And so for me, the way that I see sexy is like seeing everything but nothing as well. Like leaving so much to the imagination, but mm-hmm. yet letting it be so natural that you do see it. So actually for me, I'm like, no, no, too much penis, too much penis. Um, um, up camera, up camera. <laughs> we got it. We got like, enough. Uh, <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit more of uh, this, or like I just like really weird shots. Like I'm not, I don't like not weird shots, but like if I'm what? gonna see like boobies, then I want to see like boobies in a Dutch angle. That's like kind what is of a Dutch tilt. angle. Um, Dutch is like where you like go down a little bit and you like tilt the camera. It's just a certain kind of camera movement. Okay. Um, that usually people use it when they're doing more, again, psychological thrillers and, you know, uh, the, the camera is supposed to feel this like disoriented, like um, what show uses it a lot? American Horror Story uses okay. it a lot. Like those kind of weird camera things that they go in and out. Mm-hmm. So I would always That's how you like, like your boobies. That's like, I, I don't want to see like everything just straight up. Like I'd rather just like get bits and parts because I feel like when you're making love, you don't see everything straight up. Mm-hmm. You you're, you are getting bits and parts. Like, sure. you know, you're seeing this and a little bit of that. And you, there there is so much that you don't see in that sense too. So I wanted that to show on camera. Do you watch porn? Um, yeah. What do you watch? What do you like? 
Um, <laughs> what do I like? <laughs> what do you like? I don't know. Like, um, it depends on my mood. Okay. Yeah. yeah. It depends on my vibe, but um, but usually, um, I mean, depending on again the mood, you know, uh, I I like uh, stuff more on the the rougher side of things. Yeah. Okay. That's probably shows in the short. Besides the yeah. knives and shit. Okay, I got you. Minus the knives, this is shit. Uh huh. But I, you know, I like passion. But I also like to like, you know, just look at porn and look at what other people are watching, even if it's not turning me on. Like, yeah, I'm, I'm interested to see how it's always people fascinating have when sex. You're on Pornhub, and you see like what's trending. Yeah. When people are watching now, you're like, yeah, oh, that's some weird shit that I guess people like. Or oh yeah, other people watch this, uh-huh. what I like too. Uh, yeah, it's it's also like this level of connection, like. You know, in a weird way, in the most simple way, if you like a photo that all your other friends like, right, and you see in in the newsfeed it says that they all like this photo too, then you all have this level of connection that you both agree whether you like the filter or the way the photo's taken or whatever. Mm-hmm. So when you're on Pornhub, it is interesting because you don't—nobody talks about sex. That's why I wanted to do the movie because sex is such a weird thing. But, like, how do we all get here, guys? Like, why is this such a big deal? And like, plus, everybody on. watches porn. Yeah, Everyone like, this in this is room like, right now watches just, porn. Yeah, it's so weird to me. I'm like, what—I can't even understand this. So when you go on Pornhub and you do see what other people are watching and, and connecting to, there is this level of, of understanding where you kind of feel at home sexually in a sense because— you never feel at home because no one ever talks about it. And no. God forbid you mention sex at the dinner table. Oh, no, it's so scary and yeah. it's so uncomfortable when when really that's a good amount of, you know, time that we spend throughout the day where something of sexual content is on, is on our mind in mm-hmm. some sense. But we just block that part out like, nope. Well, I think it's like hundreds of times a day. At least the guy. No, literally, I think it's... I'm looking at your boyfriend off camera. I don't know if you have these thoughts too, but I read somewhere that like the average guy, and it's even, it's like subconscious, but it's like, uh, you know, 100 times a day or something, which seems insane. And we live so far away, so I, you know, I think about it a lot. That's the right answer. Yeah. What, uh, speaking of sex too, I interviewed Tana, Actually, twice. And I asked her about this last time because I didn't really understand. I saw the—I read your book, and I read it right here. We'll talk about your book. I read it twice. But you had the Mm -hmm. best quote about her in your poem, Tana. Your big behind stops traffic. Oh, you you have to let me read the whole poem. You can't just— I I can't just take that out? You can't just take that part out. But it was great. The whole part is so cute and sweet. The whole poem was cute. But my point is, I'll look it up, is— it was sweet. It seemed like it was a I'll real thing. So a lot of people weren't sure if that was real, but when I read the poem, I go, no, there's like real feelings. That seemed like a real relationship. No, I love T. Of course I love her. And you guys made up, which is nice. Um, uh, we all saw on social media. She's, she's got those eyes, man. She's got those eyes. Every time she comes at me with those eyes, man, I'm just putty. <laughs> what do you think about the wedding? Is that for real? <laughs> I'm not going to comment on the wedding. No? Okay. Did you go? Let me ask you this. Did I you go? didn't go. Okay. Uh, I, was, I was filming. Tana, 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 you beautiful baby. When will you ever learn? You give the world enough just from living here. You tasteful lady, when will you ever learn? Your mind is enough, but your big behind stops traffic, my dear. Crazy See, that is the baby. best one. Will you stay with me, maybe? <laughs> that is great. <laughs> and we'll talk about the book, too. I read it twice. You even saw my highlights in there, and I bookmarked it, so you know I read this. Shout out to your publicist for giving me a copy. Um, but I guess what I was, was going to ask, what I asked Tana was, 
listen, as a guy, that's your fantasy, right? Two girls, right? Is many guys' fantasy, right? But the way I understood it was, no, it wasn't. It was you guys are both in relationships, and then you get together here, minus the guys. Now, you have to be pretty mature to be in that kind of relationship because there's jealousy and there's emotions and stuff. Mm-hmm. But for me, if I'm the guy, I go, fuck, I want to be at the party. Hmm. Uh, I think it's actually quite surprising how many um, guys are not into that, actually, when they're, like, I think that they're like, oh, yeah, it's, like, hot if you kiss a girl, but, like, oh, God forbid you have feelings, so that's a problem. And you're like, uh, well, yeah. okay, that doesn't that doesn't really make sense there, you know? Yeah, yeah. If you're going to kiss someone, like, most likely have feelings, like, at least from a girl, like, I know, like, I'm not going to kiss someone unless I'm like, hmm, or I have to for a movie. Like, I don't know. Well, like, it's back to porn, right? You, know, you just like, see the girls meet for the first time, all of a sudden they're fucking, you're like, oh, okay. That's the way it goes down, I guess. <laughs> not the way it goes down. No, okay. Not the way it goes down. Uh, but Tara and I, like, you know, we had such a sweet, level of understanding one another and the other person's needs and you know we're never controlling over each other or you know if I saw her at a party kissing a girl like you know it wouldn't make me upset like you know um I think we have um just kind of uh, this level of we really you know there's a lot of love there and it I think we both just want each other to be happy so even when we're kind of making each other upset which is really rare we still kind of have to go out of our way to be like, okay, fuck it, because st- there's there's love there. Yeah, it seems you've got to be, and both of you, I love Tana too. I've interviewed her a couple times and got to know her a little bit. Um, she's a sweetheart, and it seems like, and I interviewed you twice too, and I'm a fan, you know, that's why I wanted to do this again. But it seems like you guys have to be really, it seems like you're emotionally mature. For young women, you know, it seems like you have it together, kind of have it figured out. I think to be in this industry, everybody thinks like, oh, these people are going crazy in this. Like, no, they have it together. You know, people think Tana's out there and blah, blah, blah. And you're like, no, that's her image, bro. Mm -hmm. She's putting that out there for you to say that. That's the point. Like, you know, so many people think like, oh, this is a big act. No, like that was purposeful. These people want you to, you know, see them as they want to be seen. Um, I'm always trying to find out the level of what do I want to be seen as, mm-hmm. you know, what what is so much of myself and yet what what I like to be and like people to see me as. And that's uh, another hard one. But I think, yeah, you have to be smart and mature to to be one in this industry and to two, make it as far as, uh, you know, we both have. Mm-hmm. You kind of have to be a little clever. Like right now, people are going to watch this and go, Bella's sitting in bed, she's smoking weed, and they're going to have a perception uh-huh. Just based on this, and you choose the, you know what part Put that of that out there. You choose to put it out there. I was like, there. let's sit on the bed. I think it's fucking badass. I'm very comfortable right now. <laughs> right, Before, so it's better than a chair. I was so uptight, so you guys can see this. I say, hey, let's sit on the chairs. Bella goes, no, let's sit in the bed. I go, ah, I don't know. Maybe I'll be slouching. Maybe it won't look. <laughs> but good. it's so much more comfortable. It's so right? much more comfortable. And you You're feel right. better when talking. You feel like it's more of a conversation. This like, is a normal conversation. Yeah, like yeah. It's, Holy shit. Yeah, and it's it is an image thing, but it's also like. You know, would it look better if we were sitting in chairs? Yeah, probably to some people, a good amount of people. But mm-hmm. then do I really care about what those people— No, I, I want I want to target the audience that I'd 
want to be friends with the little weirdos that are like little weirdos in their heart where they're like <laughs> oh my god that's dope they're like sitting on a bed doing an interview like yeah. this bitch is so like herself she don't give a fuck like I I, I want to kind of attract those those people mm-hmm. um, so that's why like in the book too where I'm like yo if this book isn't for you bro just seriously drop it in the fucking trash just mm-hmm. like don't even read another page after this because you ain't gonna like it because I'm not for you Yeah. and uh, I think that a lot in, it, is, in it, it is an image thing but it's also a comfort thing bro this is comfy Bro, you say bro like you're an actual bro. <laughs> we're, we're broing down right now a little bit. I'm a bro. You're a bro. Uh huh. But how much of Bella Thorne is this what we're seeing right now? Because cameras are on. You all act different. Like I act a little different because cameras are on. I mean, how much? Well, I have my legs crossed. That's that's a big difference. <laughs> Usually, I'm just like. <laughs> but other than that, my version of crossing my legs is just keeping them straight. <laughs> yeah, they're not even crossed. Yeah, what the fuck is this? <laughs> but other than that, is this pretty much Bella? I mean, yeah, like, you know, this is what I woke up in. Yeah. My face is the same. Yeah. I'm like this. <laughs> it's her, right? Yeah, and then yesterday, again, you're in the fucking news every second. I go through Twitter. We're Twitter buddies. I go through Twitter. I see Bella in her fucking Chanel jacket or whatever the hell Chanel it was, and that was the big story. Like, what you wear is a story. It just seems so bizarre. Do you give any thought to that? Like, what you put on? The style, I used to really not care. But, you know, then I got to a point in my life where I met a stylist that I, like, really connected to. Mm-hmm. That, like, the reason that before I always rebelled against style was because it was, like, people were always trying to put on something on me that, like, was just never me. And I was just always, like, uh, having to be, like, mm, what else do we have? And, like, then they're, like, no, no, but this. This really is, like, what you should wear. And I'm, like, mm-hmm. but it's not, like, and there was always so many times that for a while I wasn't even using a stylist because mm-hmm. I was just, like, fuck it, bro. And then I met my stylist, Mikey, and um, he was so understanding of me as a person. And, like, sometimes I'm just, like, you know, like, we'll have a press outfit plan, but mm-hmm. if I wake up that day and I'm really depressed and it's hard for me to get out of bed, let alone go to an interview, I'm just going to look at him and be like, nah, I'm sorry. Mm-hmm. I'm, I'm Tell the designer, I'm literally sorry. I'm not wearing that. I'm wearing these fucking jeans and I'm wearing this fucking shirt because this is what I'm fucking wearing right now. Like, <laughs> I'm not changing. That's I'm badass. walking out of the house like this. And, you know, sometimes it can get you in trouble, but it's also, like, how much are you willing to get yourself in trouble to, like, be happy, be comfortable? Like, mm-hmm. sitting on this bed right now instead of doing an interview for an hour where we're sitting on two chairs, like, yeah. awkwardly trying to find a nice seat. Not having a normal conversation. Position. Yeah, it's so weird. Well, that's what I think about interviews, too. You see it a lot. You're like, normal people don't talk like that. Normal people don't say, so what do you think about this? And then shut the fuck up and then wait till they answer the whole question. <laughs> like, you were making, before we shot, you were making fun of Howard interrupting. Like, I interrupt sometimes too because, like, that's normal, I think, when you're having a conversation with somebody. Like, you don't want to be annoying with it. Uh, uh, I think that interruption's supernatural because when you converse, like, uh, one, one of the things that I notice a lot when it comes to writing and dialogue and uh, when you're working with certain directors and, you know, sound is like, oh, you can't talk over each other, but it's also like, okay, but that's the way you talk. You naturally cut each other off. You yeah. you kind of go around the sentence. You go to a different idea. You come back to it. Like uh, co- uh, conversing is so fluid it's and like has dance. such a universal language to it that it's always kind of all over the place. Yeah, it's a dance, and you never know where that dance is going to go or when the song's going to end. So you just keep on going. Yeah. Um. So it's kind of like. I don't know. I think that that's uh, a thing to me. Uh, one of one of the things I think is really important when, when I'm writing is to make sure that the 
the flow of the conversation and people talking over one one another and it just being really natural in that way. Let's talk writing, right? We're here to talk about a book, by the way. Life of a Wannabe Mogul, check it out. Mental Disarray. Ment- I want to talk, we're going to talk about the Mental Disarray, and I kind of chose to talk about the book late because it's so dark. I want to start off with some light stuff before we got too heavy into some of the issues that are in the book. Um, I want to ask you one more thing, too, before we get into writing, too. I know your boyfriend's here, but I listened to your Howard interview, and everybody check it out. I thought it was really good. Um, you talked about the mod breakup, and he's referenced in here a lot, too. And this is, I'm sorry, this is, this is probably awkward to talk about. But is it true he broke up with you over a Coachella trip? Um, that's the impression. I mean, that's the story. That's what I took out of that. It, it is true, yes. What the fuck? Mm-hmm. This is true. Like, like mm-hmm. listen, I'm married now, but I was, you know, when I was dating and stuff, and when you're in those little, you know, month, two-month kind of relationships that, you know, aren't really serious, you're figuring out. I broke up with girls over stupid shit, especially when I was younger, mm-hmm. but never when I was in a long-term relationship where you have, like, shit invested uh-huh. To like leave over something so trivial, even if you don't like the person yeah. anymore, like you still have respect, you still yeah. have good experiences you shared together. Yeah, and there's it, love is a funny, fickle thing where it's really is the roller coaster and the cheesiest way. You fall in love, you fall out of love, you fall back in love, you start bickering so much, you think, oh my God, we have to break up. Then the person does something that just brings you right back to that in love feeling, right back to that first moment in time where you decided, I want to be with this person. Then it goes up and down. It goes in a circle again. And, you know, um, unfortunately, yeah, we broke up over something um, really, really silly. But, you know, I always believe that things really happen for a reason. I'm not sure what that one was, Mm -hmm. but... You know, we gave each other a lot of really great things and a lot of really great experiences and taught each other a lot. And, you know, that's really what what you're doing when you're dating. That's what you're taking away, you know, experiences. And if you're not learning with your partner, then why are you dating them? So I'm still very grateful that we dated for two years. But, yeah, it's pretty silly. <laughs> well, you're a long-term girl. I, yes. I mean, do, do we like the, do we like the new guy right here? I see you guys are so cute. Uh, oh, sweet baby. Very sweet. You know, we see pictures of you guys on vacation, you know, doing the whole deal. You didn't, like, go wild after being, you know, in a two-year relationship. You go, hey, maybe I want to kind of get a little crazy and try some different people out and kind of mm-hmm. see what's going on out there. But no, you go to a serious—you don't fuck around, I guess. I mean, I don't think Ben and I were also trying to be very serious, especially at the beginning. Uh, Obviously, we both live halfway across the world, so it kind of, if anything, was almost more of a, like, oh, well, you know, this could be very fun. And then I think that, you know, somewhere down the line, then then there was just real feelings there all of a sudden, and it kind of clicked, and— so then we got uh, much more serious. But yeah, I definitely am a long-term relationship girl. I don't like to date. I don't like to go out on dates. I don't like when people try to kiss me and I'm not like, and, and then there's this, you know, I, I just want to kiss somebody that I really want to kiss and just do eat dinner with someone that I know that I have great conversations with that I like respect their opinions, like not figuring new people like I don't know maybe that just sounds so uh, that's not a great quality of mine that I don't want to figure out new people but I just you know I find somebody I really like them then I decide like holy shit if you make it past you know the checklist yeah, yeah. <laughs> the so, ultimate lady checklist what is the Bella then, Thorne then checklist we could, what um, is on your lady checklist 
Well, you definitely change after you get out of relationships to relationships. Sure. You know, that's always a really funny thing. But you figure out what's important um, to you. <clears throat> the checklist. Um, first is you have to be funny. Second is you have to be open-minded, and that's a big one because it's on all levels of everything. I'm talking about it even if something's fucked up. You have to be open-minded to the fact that every villain is a victim and so forth, okay? So to me, open-minded is, like, really big. You, you have to, like, some of the psychological horror shit because if you don't, we're never going to watch the same shit, and I can't watch comedy all day, <laughs> all right? It's just not going to work for me. Um, you have to be a very sexually orientated person um, because, again, like I said, I like sex. I like sexy. I like skin in general, um, and I like feeling, like, um, very loved and 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 Desired. constantly touched and, you know, one of those things. Um you have to be down to send flowers. If you don't send me flowers, it's never going to work. Do we have flowers in here? I'm looking. Baby sends me yeah, so many flowers. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> it sounds like you're, you're, you're hitting all the marks on the checklist. That's a good thing. <laughs> and you have to have some baggage. You have to have some personal thing that you know that, that that you carry around with you that either makes you feel insecure or that you can't get over mentally or that's taken you a while uh, I don't I don't like anybody really without uh, some sort of baggage because to me I'm like it's it's so hard for you to see me um because I have so much baggage and so if you don't even have a little bit I, I don't think you'll like me. You're just, <laughs> you're just going to look at me like a lost little bird and be like, oh, this poor wounded thing. Let me take care of this for a while. And it's just, it's boring like that. You know, I need somebody that I can really mentally kind of have one of the one of the dark conversations with where you're like, oh, okay, cool. We can talk about this right now. And that would, is what makes you relatable and likable too. No one wants to like the perfect person, Right. It gets annoying, like all these Instagram girls who, you know, look super hot and just, the thing now is in Instagram stories, the girls will just look at the camera and not even talk. We'll kind of just turn the head a little bit. I, I think it's more, you know, on some exotic beach far, far away. And the men do that too. No, that, that is true. You're, I, I, sorry, maybe I was sexist. The, the guys do that too. You're 100% right, which is even weirder, we right? We both do it. We both do it, right? We both do it. But I think it's more relatable to go... I want to see Bella with some, you know, hey, talking about acne and, you know, I had this fucked up relationship. This happened to me. I think people like that more. Because everyone's afraid to talk about it. Um, but, you know, when, I, when, it, when it comes to Instagram and certain appearances, you know, if I'm looking on the camera and I look good, oh, yeah. I'm going to, like, not even talk. I'm going to, like, give you, like, look at this bitch right here, bro. Appreciate this face. Do you see this shit? Like, you know, I'm going to give you a fucking 360 over here. Like, God damn, look at the back of my head. It is nice. Bitch don't got extension. Bitch natural. Like, you know, like, I'm going to give it to you. And so I think that when somebody's, like, doing something where they're posting hot on Instagram or they look overly beautiful in every post, like, you know, if if so if you're boring. not editing your shit and you're not telling people that you have to look like this and blah blah blah, then amazing. Obviously, if you're doing it the other way, not great because you no. know I'm kind of that person. Uh, I've been known to go after a few small things on Instagram where I'm like, yo, no, 
Change this caption, bro. I don't like it. It's not right, okay? This caption's not cool. I got to do my um, homework. I didn't know what it, who you went ran, after. Ran, random small things. You know, one was a photo with makeup saying, I'm not wearing makeup. And I was like, um, it's really clear that you're wearing makeup. And this just makes every girl think that, like, this is how beautiful you have to look without makeup. And that's uh, it's unrealistic. I feel bad looking at this photo. You're making me feel bad. And, and I look in the mirror every day and I say, you are beautiful. Look at your face. Look at your nose. Your eyes are nice. You do have you a great are nose. Beautiful. Look at your profile. Your whole face is fucking awesome, Bella. Because, you know, every time you look in the mirror, you go, oh, no, look at this. is breaking out. Or, oh, my face looks so, my eyes look so puffy that today. That girl on Instagram you didn't know, have makeup like, and look how hot yeah, she looks. Yeah, exactly. And so it's really like there's certain things like that. Or, you know, there was another thing where it was a body image thing where somebody was talking about body. And I was like, oof, this caption's a little. Because, you know, you have to be careful when you have a platform what you are putting out. Like, you know, when 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 Howard asked me, um, how how much do you smoke? And I'm like, I don't want anybody to think it's cool to smoke a bunch. Well hold like, on. Like, you know, I don't Howard, want to if, say that I smoke a lot because I, but I don't want to lie because I do smoke. Yeah. So it's a hard one for me because I'm not gonna lie. But I also don't want to tell kids that this or people in general that it's okay to smoke. Yeah, smoke a bunch, smoke a lot. Like, no, I don't. I don't. I don't want to put that out there. So it's always kind You're of just a hard. Weed. What do you mean? It's out there. Yeah, because I smoke weed. But it's like when you talk about ratios or things oh, like, gotcha. um, you know, like you just like I'm not saying people shouldn't smoke. I own a weed brand. I love weed. <laughs> weed has amazing benefits. I'm a super anxious person. I love marijuana. You can hang but, with Snoop Dogg. You know, like, but, but. But telling, like, you know, it's like posting a photo with a cigarette. And so you have to be like, oh, don't smoke. But you're still going to post a photo with a cigarette. Yeah, but you yeah. have to say don't smoke. Sure. Because you can't say smoke because it's, you don't want kids to smoke. Yeah. <laughs> you know, it's like, it, that's a hard line. Yeah. It's tough. It's, it's a, not easy having 20 million followers. You got to think I about. 21 today. 20, oh, sorry to shortchange. I didn't want to shortchange 21. you. 21. <laughs> and it's the age I am. Nice. You're only 21. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy. Because mm-hmm. you've been in the public eye so long, you just seem older. Mm-hmm. What kind of papers do you use? Mod Sun papers. <laughs> <laughs> Are they, does Mod make good papers? Yeah. Oh, nice. Yeah, All it right. totally does. I love, I love these papers. Nice. Mm-hmm. Very cool. Well, that's, we're here. We want to talk about the book, too. So mm-hmm. just, just roll, roll one. Why not? No, I'm going to... We're definitely going to roll one. We're going to be talking about this for a minute. <laughs> oh, shit. No, that's my Are you just breaking my bed? I think so, maybe. <laughs> oh, you know what? I, I'm looking at notes now. I love, this is old, but I loved how you handled Whoopi. And I loved how you, I mean, because you got hacked, nude photos mm-hmm. were out there, and people were going to, in case you don't remember, they were going to release them, and Bella said, fuck it, I'm going to release them too, mm-hmm. so you're not going to have— And you saw just recently another actress did the same thing. Who? So the tribe is starting. Um, I, I, I'm blanking on it, but we'll I posted it. here, it. yeah. Um, and it's awesome, and it literally is so cool because the tribe is starting. Like, <laughs> yes! Release oh your Oh, my nudes. God, so cool. Like, well, just, like, take your power back. Like, yeah. literally, no fucking fair, bro. No fair that anybody— really should have this power over you. I might do this um, show about revenge porn because it is such a big thing and the suicide rates are so high. That's and the so whole fucked thing up. is so fucked up. And it's so unfortunate because you you let yourself um, be vulnerable with someone to, to show them this. And when it comes to 
actual, I'm spe- speaking about revenge porn, not um, my situation with a hacker. Sure. But um, it is so, it just the mental thing is so fucked up to, to, to trust someone and then them literally put it out or spread it around school or like, you know, it's just, it's besides the physical act of feeling like you are being violated with eyes all the time because they know what it looks like. They're bickering about you. They're talking about it, blah, blah, blah. Everybody's it's, seen your vagina. It's, 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 That's it's, weird. It's a, it's a mental thing as well. It's serious mental abuse in the sense that you as a person say, okay, I'm going to trust this person enough to give this away to them. And then they just take that and they literally just crush it. And that is, I think, one of the hardest parts kind of to, to really get over it is that that mental abuse right there is so mean. How do you get hacked anyway? For us normal people, because it's up in the cloud, or like, how does it even work? No, I don't even. No one's trying to hack my pictures. I don't fuck with the cloud. I don't even use the cloud. So how do they hack you? Mm. How does it even work? They hack me. They, they, I, I, I don't even want to say, because I don't even want anybody to try to hack me again. Bro. I got you. Yeah, yeah, Everybody yeah. stay away from me, yes, bro. Yeah. I ain't got any more nudes. Get off my back. <laughs> <laughs> oh, my God. <laughs> yeah, I guess you don't want to give instructions on how to hack. Oh, yeah. Here's how to hack Bella Thorne. Let's talk about the book, right? So this wasn't the original version, right? Didn't you lose your yes, book? Yes, my two books that I wrote on— um, What is wrong with you? Um, I, It's so bad. I don't know. I don't know what's wrong with me. I don't know. I didn't copy where'd you, it. Where'd you leave them? Um, on a Delta flight. You fly commercial? Yeah. Oh, okay. I don't know. Yeah. I fly commercial. Of course I do. What do you mean? You see all these YouTube kids flying their PJs everywhere. Well, sometimes you can totally fly private, mm-hmm. but uh, one, it's very rare. Two, it's so expensive. You so, lying. like, I just had to fly private to come back from to do New York Press for the book mm-hmm. to go from the movie because the connecting flight, I wouldn't have made Howard Stern. Okay. And I wouldn't have made like half of my press day, so mm-hmm. it wouldn't have worked. So then I had to take a private jet. And, you know, those are times when you're like, yo, I'm going to spend this money right now because it's important, but this is a lot of money. Yeah. And, like, you know, this is like a private jet, bro. It's also a little scary. <laughs> like, it's kind of like, you know, but it is, it is, I will say, it is nice. It it's is, the best luxury. It, it's not, I don't know that it's the best luxury. Well, it's nice. I, but it's super nice. Yeah, like being able to like, just like walk on there and then like have food and like nobody's like, the stewardess aren't going to be mean to you and like you don't have to worry about somebody like snoring right next to you or like, you know, you're just like, I'm here. And I can, like, chill in the seat. Yeah. And it's awesome. And you can, like, lay. I laid on the floor. Yeah, and I'm, oh, maybe I'm not supposed to say that. I'm pretty sure that's not allowed. <laughs> why, why would you lay on the floor? I mean, it's probably dirty, right? Um, uh, I don't give a fuck. Yeah. I'm tired. <laughs> <laughs> but don't they have, I've never been on a private jet, don't they have, like, reclining seats or something? Um, I mean, yeah. Like, they, they like, recline back. But not all the but way. But, like, you know. Yeah, you're, like, you know, it's, like, yeah, you want to get comfy. Yeah, I'm like right. I'm trying to lay out here. Hold on, I have to, <laughs> I have to do one thing. Go ahead, do your really deal. Quick. Hopefully, it's not as I'm not interrupting as much as Howard did. Uh, oh my god! <laughs> he, he, <laughs> and hopefully, I'm not hounding you on the same question over and over and over again. Debts, but uh, how much weed do you smoke? <laughs> how much? Tell me. I want to know. Oh my god! I love him. <laughs> He's he is so the awesome. best. He really has such a nice energy about him. Does he? Yeah, like uh, you haven't met him yet. I met him once. Okay. I am, I've been a fan 
since I was, and I saw your tweet about your dad. I think it's kind of, I had the same experience. So crazy. Yeah, when I was like maybe 10 or 11, like my dad used to listen all the time. And then it was kind of one of those things like I was in the car just with him and he would put Howard on. It was kind of like, don't tell your mom. Okay, don't tell your mom. I'm letting you listen, right? <laughs> Amazing. So it was kind of like a secret, kind of cool thing. <laughs> but when you went to Howard, I saw you tweet, and we'll insert tweet here. Didn't you have, didn't you say something about your dad? And Yeah, my dad loved Howard Stern. And obviously my dad is a big part of my book. Um, and like he would just get so excited when we would like book a really small job. Like he would just be like the proudest father of when I remember his face was so happy and he'd go to work and tell all his friends about how exciting it was that his like children got these like jobs and they were going to be like stars one day. And, and you are, and now I'm on Howard Stern, his favorite fucking guy. And it was just like in uh, talking about something that literally is about him. And it's just so just crazy, surreal and weird. And, just crazy. Yeah, yeah, I'm sure he was smiling somewhere as you're sitting on the couch. Yeah, what was actually crazy is um, when I did Carnegie Hall, that was a big one that Daddy would have been so, so proud of. And What I do was, you mean did Carnegie Hall? Was um, I performed at Carnegie Hall. I read at Carnegie Hall. Oh, no shit? Yeah. Wow. Um, yeah, pages from the book. Oh, cool. Uh-huh, uh, before the book got released. And um, it sold out. It was awesome. It was so wow. cool. And it was such a just crazy honor just— to, I kept touching all the walls to like try and siphon just the amazing talented people that had been on that like, stage. Yeah, like the strength that took them to get up because reading makes me obviously really nervous because my dyslexia and I've got a reading in front of people scary thing. But anyways, the point of the story is is that at night I'm having the worst night and I'm crying all night and it's just so sad. And then I go to order Postmates and then fucking Postmates, you know, you never look at where the delivery address is, you know? Sure. Like, never. You just fucking deliver it, and you're just like, that's it. Like, cool. It gets delivered. Here's that's my it. Chinese food. Cool. Yeah. <sighs> and it just comes up, and for some reason, I look at it, and I'm staring at it, and before my eyes can tell what I'm looking at, I see that it says his name, Delancey Street. And it's just so fucking weird, because, like, Delancey's just, like, not the most common thing you ever heard. Your dad's name was Delancey? Yeah, and oh, wow. it's just, like, I'm just looking at it on Delancey Street, on Carnegie Hall night, like, as I'm crying, feeling so alone in bed, and I'm just like, this is so sad. And then I see that, and I'm like, wow, like, either the world was like, hey, you need this right now, so let me, like, give you a little shoulder up because That's cool. you're pretty sad. Or he was really just being like, yo, B. I'm here. Yeah. That was awesome. <laughs> I, know. I saw you on Howard. That shit was crazy. You blew my mind. My little girl. Yeah. Well, let's talk about the book, right? You're going to yell at me, but these were my favorite um, like quotes in the book. And of course, they're out of context. Here, you can read them. Well, read them yeah. so, so they know. Amazing. Okay. Hey, read these four and then tell um, me like where what they're about or where they come from. Uh, life's a big dump. Just flush it. Don't forget to use toilet paper because it could make your ass sore. Which is, I mean, I don't feel like I have to describe that one. Like, life's a big dump. Sometimes you need to just fucking be like, all right, I need to, like, flush this all down the toilet and start again. But then you need to be careful because you need to use toilet paper because it could make your ass sore. So you could end up getting fucked up from trying to start again. So you have to be careful. So it really is, like, uh, just a really gross metaphor for something that's awesome. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Cool. 
Fuck, I got nothing to say. I'm going to get fucked up like it's my last day. No time to play. Let's get litty today. It sounds like a good hip-hop lyric or something. Uh, I love that so much. <laughs> uh, and the rest of it, that it obviously goes in, it's a longer poem. Um, it's, it's, um, it was written in the vein of all the pain that is obvious that we are suffering with with pills and um it seems to be that every person you know or loved has had a problem or is having a problem or just died from that problem and so this is literally it fuck it i got nothing to say i'm gonna get fucked up like it's my last day no time to play let's get ready today because that is the um, mentality i'm assuming it takes to really get in that mindset of like, you know, you do drugs to escape, you, you, you take it too far and then, you know, and then sometimes you end up dead. That is way darker than, than, <laughs> than what I you're took thinking. That. Yeah, yeah. I was thinking Bella on a beach, Corona, joint in hand, you know, having, hey, let's have fun today. Let's get lit. Mm-hmm. Yeah, that's a total, I didn't expect that. Mm-hmm. Kind of bummed me out a little bit. Yeah, sorry. <laughs> um, have you seen my happiness? Oh, is it right there under your shoe? You cunt rag. <laughs> One of my favorites. <laughs> cunt rag is like such a, like, it's the best, it's the best what word. What a fun diss. It's cunt so rag. good. I mean, really can you say like, something nastier <laughs> to somebody to call them a cunt rag? I don't think so. And it's like when you try and think of that description, so it's like a rag that you use to wash your vagina with. Is that what that means? <laughs> like, it's just so funny. <laughs> I'm like, oh my God. But that basically means that, like, um, my happiness, oh, is it right there? It's just right under your shoe, you cunt rag, because we're constantly looking for this acceptance, and acceptance makes us feel happy. Um, and so it's basically like, my happiness is right there. But since you're shitting on me and you won't accept me, it's under your shoe, you cunt rag. <laughs> you're stepping on my happiness. Please step off my happiness for a second and give me some motherfucking love. Goddamn. <laughs> I can hear you say cunt rag like cunt all rag. day. It's so good. <laughs> so we'll isolate funny. that, I'm sure. We'll put it on Twitter. What's I've got the, the blonde with the clean sheets and the oven on preheat. Kind of a hip hop lyric too. I like that. Thank you. So what's that about? Look at these sheets, blow. Like, they, they ain't clean. Like, they're fucking they are dirty. Not, they are not there's clean. There's dog hair. There's glitter. Yeah. Why is there so much glitter always? Did you have strippers in here or something? <laughs> What's with the glitter? Oh, that's okay. All right. I'm uh, slow. And the oven is not on preheat. And if it is, I didn't set it there. You're I not- didn't do that. Because <laughs> I don't know really very much about... But I'm, I am a good cook, though. But mm-hmm. the oven thing, I haven't really figured out how to use an oven yet. Got it. Now, you were a good writer. I really like this. I read the book twice, despite not really having much of an education, right? Because you were on sets and stuff. You didn't go to yeah, traditional school. Yeah, I didn't go school. to school. Um, how'd you learn how to write? I mean, you, you, were you a big reader? Most writers read a lot. I love reading, but I'm dyslexic, so I couldn't read for a really long time. Mm-hmm. And I learned how to read from reading scripts. So, really, the first things that I ever learned when it comes to reading was all, like, dark shit. Makes sense that I like dark shit. My background's dark, and my mind usually goes to a dark place before it goes to a happy one, and that's kind of makes me feel more comfortable because if I know the worst thing, then 
anything better than that is awesome. Mm-hmm. Yeah, <laughs> you sure. know? Um, and that's how I like to think of things. So with reading and writing, it's kind of the same thing. You know, I don't think you have to be taught to write. That's actually what the book series is about. The second to uh, kind of explain how you go from nothing and you can do something with nothing. Like every time everyone said I was never going to be able to be an actress because I couldn't fucking read. And obviously you got to fucking read to be able to act. And look at me. Here I am. Like, you know, everybody said, well, you can't, you don't dance. You had two left feet. Good luck on that dance show. Look at me. I'm a dancer. Like, you know, I, I couldn't sing. I was tone deaf. Look at me. I own a label. I can fucking sing. I can actually sing comfortably in front of people and mm-hmm. feel good about my voice, which takes you a good amount of time. Yeah. You know, I'm kind of the, the <clears throat> that's like my motto, how I live my life. Like, oh, you, you won't be able to write because you don't, you're, look at, you, you can't write a book. You're dyslexic as fuck. And mm-hmm. like all your shit is wrong. Okay, so watch me release a book that's completely miswritten. New York and, Times bestseller. <laughs> out here. Out here, out here, we out here. Why were the deep poems real small? Was that like, like kind of the dark ones, like the type was actually really small. Was there, was there a reason? Well, when I wrote it all in the typewriter, I obviously did them all kind of like different sizes in the sense, but then some of them I had them... Or maybe some of them is a fuck up. Are you talking about like the death is the crane and ones like that? Yeah, yep. Yeah, I mean... I wrote it, like, it looked pretty small in the way I did it anyway, but I think that on the page, like, because the page is smaller, like, I did it on a big page, and it already looks small there, but now that the page is small, I don't know. I don't know why it looks so small in there. Oh, okay. I wasn't sure if it was something conscious or not. Now, a lot of poems about your mom, so I'm glad we got the cunt rag, and we we had some laughs out of the way, because it's going to get a little deep now, Bella. Uh Uh-huh. A lot about your mom. It seems like a complicated relationship. So in the poem, Love... You said you love her, but it's hard to let go of the dark past. When people speak to you like it's the same shit, lying to you, they broke you, they fucked you in a state, into a state of oblivion of self-doubt. Love is not about my mom. It's not? Is that where that, that comes from? Love? <coughs> yeah, that's... What, that, what um, do you mean by that? I thought... Um, love is... It, love and hate is actually written about the same person, and they're both from text. Oh. Um, Wait, that's from a text? Mm-hmm. I wrote, that's how I write my text. And drag me up for air, which isn't in the book, but it's going in. Isn't it text? Bro, when I write text, you're just like, this bitch is crazy. The way <laughs> Who the she fuck writes? writes that shit in text? Usually <laughs> it's emojis uh, and LOL. And and I don't really, I'm, here. I'm not a big emoji person. Yeah, mm. I can tell. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> I didn't put any emojis in the there book. There was no emojis in this text, I'm guessing. But this one, love and hate, it's like... This one is about how you want to love someone so bad, but in the past, people have lied to you. They broke you. They fucked you into an oblivion of self-doubt. And they did that over and over again. And and here you are trying to love something so good that's right in front of you, but you can't because you're so worried about all your past baggage of everyone that ever said they loved you before. Well, they continued to hurt you after that. So how do you kind of get over that obstacle? That's what this is about. Oh, okay. You talked a lot about, I'm looking at my notes, being raised that you weren't good enough. So a lot of that like self-doubt. Um, where'd that come from and how did you get over that? Or do you still deal with it? Still deal with it. Yeah, you never shake that? I think self-doubt's a really hard one. I, I have a lot less self-doubt, like what I said earlier about looking in the mirror and like, you know, like, 
you have to reteach the brain. If the brain's been taught a certain way, then you need to rework the brain not to work that way anymore because that, that way is not fair and that way is just killing you slowly inside. So, like, in the easiest, simplest way, you know, uh, it, I'm insecure, right? And so then my whole life I've felt not beautiful and, and I've been told that I wasn't beautiful. And then I look in the mirror and I feel not beautiful because mm-hmm. that's all I've heard. And so then— The 10,000 people that tell you you look beautiful, that doesn't get through? That doesn't change that perception? It's different when it's people you care about. You really care about their opinions. Obviously, I care about the general public opinion of me, and that drives me nuts. But, yeah, it's kind of like, you know, if there's a bunch of good reviews on your movie, and then you're like, oh, these are all great, but then you see one bad one, and you're like, fucker! Oh, my God, I keep thinking about that one bad one. But at least these people said nice things. But this fucker right here, I can't believe this. Yeah, yeah. So, you know, in the way that now I retrain the brain, I look in the mirror every day and I'm like, you're fucking beautiful. And just recently in the last eight, eight, nine months, um, I really started to believe it and really be like, damn, you are beautiful. Mm-hmm. You're, you're, you're gorgeous. Stop, stop being so weird. Like you, you, you are, you're just, just stop it. Um, and so it takes a while, but that's that's what you have to do. You have to reteach the brain because what what else are you going to do? You're going to live your whole life unhappy like that mm-hmm. and insecure. No, that's not fair. Who's that fair to? That's not fair to anybody around you, and you're not definitely not yourself. No, you talked about depression too, and I lo- that's probably my favorite one in the book. And you talked about it always being there. Is that something you've dealt with? Because I could relate to that a lot. So really, I, I the depression is really one of my favorites, and I'm so happy that people have responded to that one so well. Like the the comments that people have written about the depression poem in general is so fucking beautiful, and how much they finally feel like not not so lonely, and they finally feel understood, and it just like you know, obviously it's why I wrote it, and it just feels so great, and I'm just so happy that I was able to give depression like a good description that people actually are like wow nice you described that feeling pretty fucking well because I feel like so many times people when it comes to depression everyone's like oh and people are so mean about it oh this and just be happy and go out with your friends and oh you just need a drink and like you just need to like have some fun and like oh just have a girls night or like you know talk to your buddy and it's just like you know none of this no really does anything you know, um, this is something you can't understand. And movies don't depictate it well. I don't think either. And shows don't. And so I'm just so happy you like that one too. This is one of my favorites. Yeah, because like I've dealt with depression pretty much my whole adult life. And I just, like recently I was kind of in like a two-week funk. Which if, unless you've had depression, like you, you know, know what that means. Yeah. Yeah. And then I snapped out of it, which is good like last weekend. But I really related to when you said it's always there. Like, I know it's still there. Yeah. And it's going to pop its And it's going to come back. It's going to come back and bite you in the ass at a really random moment in time. Yeah, it could be a week from now. And then it's going to stay. It could stay for a long time. It could stay for, you know, the hardest thing is really like, you know, you know, because you're married. And I don't know if if your wife struggles with depression, but. No, she's so normal. Just me. so, So it's hard because like. You know, even me trying to describe to to sweet baby over here who, who who doesn't struggle with depression, and I'm like, no, I'm just like really sad today, and it's just like it's it's so hard because you have to kind of expect everyone around you to be like, oh, okay, like how do I deal with this again? And like it's such a like depression so fucked up because it fucks you up, 
It also fucks up everyone around you, you who has to be sitting there and, and witnessing right. you go through this. It's just so, and like nobody knows what to do, what to say. Nothing makes anything better. Like that's why I, I said the holding you so tight. There's no breath to breathe anymore, but yet you still feel so utterly alone. And I've had that where, I, where I've had somebody hug me so tight when I'm so sad that I like literally can't breathe. And it's just sitting there like I'm so alone. Like no one's touching me at all. And it's such a weird fucking feel. It's such a, it's, it's, yeah, it's quite indescribable. You're right though. You hit the nail on the head about having other people have to. Other people, yeah. Because like my wife who's normal. So she's always like in a good mood and stuff. And then all of a sudden I'm, I wake up sad for no particular reason. I just woke up sad. You know, and then you, you make the you whole family cry, sad. Then I bum everybody else out. And then you feel even more bad about it. Yeah, and I have kids. And then yeah. why is dad mad? Is he mad at me? You know, it's like a whole thing. So you're right. It's almost like drug addiction. It affects the whole family. You know, it just doesn't affect you. Mm-hmm. Which is a shame. It's like a lot of things. It's that a affect lot. A lot. Like there's a lot of diseases that affect you so much that affect everyone around you. You know, it's bad enough that you have to deal with this and then you have to watch other people watch you like slowly, like be so upset. Like it's just the whole thing is just so fucked up. Depression is, you know, I really and pretty much so many of the people I meet nowadays are depressed where I feel like it used to be like not everyone was depressed. It was kind of like. Oh, those like two people that you like know too, like, oh, they're like depressed and like or like this person, but now it's like I think almost every are more other friend to that talk I talk about it too. You know, where twenty years ago you wouldn't talk about it. As a guy, especially, you would never talk about that. Maybe you mask it in other things. I think there's also a lot more depressed people now in days because it's it's like look at all the things that are happening. Depression is real, man. It's fucking fucked up right now. The world is fucking fucked up. Mm -hmm. And now we're just putting a camera on the fact that the world is so fucked up. So now we can all see it and it's blasted in front of our face so that we can't get away from it. And that just, that's an overwhelming feeling of depression. It's like a lot of people I feel like are much more depressed. Like even if they're not saying it, you can see they're depressed. You can look look at their face, look at their, their empty, swollen, sad eyes. And you're like, oh, it's like a little hollow person in there. Depression's I real. I know real people that are close to me that are going through like serious anxiety now about you know the shootings, you know all the fucking shootings that are going on, and they're like, you know, in a public place or at the mall or something, and they're kind of get real squirrely, you uh-huh. know, and they're kind of getting through that. But you're right; it seems like people are more anxious, definitely, than they used to be. It's weird. We we're outside of the fan signing yesterday. We were walking back to the car, and then there was this guy like kind of walking. And then he started to speed up and I could hear his foot stomps in back of me like boom, 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 boom. And like immediately I just start running. Like I just start running as fast as I can to get in the car. Ben's looking at me and I'm like, I don't know, man. It's just fucking creepy, man. And I just fucking feet running and like fucking, this is like fucking scary right now. Like, <laughs> oh my God, this is really scary. The world's so scary right now. I'm being told we got five minutes, right? So what do I want to talk about? Acceptance. That poem. You talked about needing validation from people you don't even know. I think that's so relatable, but is that something all entertainers have? You know, I heard somebody describe mm-hmm. it great, that it's that hole in your soul that you just need filled. Mm-hmm. Constantly. All, constantly. Constantly. Oh, yeah. <clears throat> is that something that you think you just, that other entertainers like you have? It's part of the game? I think that if you actually had 
self-admiration, really had it, mm-hmm. that you wouldn't need it. But we don't have it, so we need it. But I think that if you're actually comfortable enough with something that you like, obviously, if you do something, you want other people to like it, of course. But there's a level of other people not liking it, not bothering you that they don't like it. It's because we have no real self-admiration. So we're constantly looking for it and needing it and needing it to literally fill our souls. Just like. Yeah. And the minute we don't get it, the whole thing just blows up because we don't actually have it in there. So, yeah, I think it's it's definitely a lot of us. Yeah. And in social media, too, like kids get it now where it's like it releases serotonin. When you post and you get a bunch of likes, great. You know, I filled the, the hole for a second. But then the next time you post and it doesn't get what you thought it would, fuck. They're, you know. Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah. No, totally. When I see my leg average go down, I'm like, fuck. <laughs> It's all perspective because if you took the average person watching this, if they posted something and gave you, you know, you got the engagement that you got, it would fucking, the serotonin would be firing on all cylinders. You'd probably get overloaded. My last movie is a lot about that. It deals a lot with social media and how it can really corrupt the mind so much to having like nothing and then something and then all of a sudden it just like really fucking up the mind Mm -hmm. and really driving you to a place of not making the best choices. Mm-hmm. No. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> I the just last, did a movie about that. The last one, I want to talk about the movie and stuff, but I don't know if I'm getting the high sign. The last one I want to talk about is when you talk about molestation, and we talked about that last time we sat down, and I don't want to get into it too much, but there was a lot of kind of self-blame. Like you were, you, mm-hmm. you felt ashamed for having almost Stockholm Syndrome to cope. Then you blame yourself for letting it happen to you. Like, hey, I didn't fight back and kick him in the teeth. Mm-hmm. And in two paragraphs, I was surprised though. In two paragraphs, you did a great job of s- well. The summing whole up. first page is missing. That's oh, why really? It says two out of two, and there's only one. Oh, yeah. So it, they hold. That's what I've been reading at all the book signings. I've been reading all the missing poems. Oh no shit! Yeah. But I thought even in those two paragraphs, you summed up so many of the emotions. Mm-hmm. So imagine what that. I summed up in the first page. Fuck. Go to her book signing so you can hear the whole thing. <laughs> no, the third print where it's going to happen in the third print. And I'm doing the whole book different too. I'm making it black with like red inverted trees and I'm using some fan art and it's going to be really cool. Where'd the cover come from? What's that about? Um, what do you mean? Like, what is, I mean, is this your it's drawing? Awesome. Is this, no, no, it is awesome. It's, yeah, no, it's mods. Yeah. I said I wanted some like Tim Burtony vibes. I love his yeah. trees. It's like he's a huge reference in my life. Like so many of his movies have worked its way into so many different things. Uh, I do. You can tell a lot by the art because we just. I really wanted to feel very Tim Burton vibes from the look of the book. Yeah, yeah. it makes sense now that you mention yeah. it. Mm-hmm. Oh, one thing too. We, I loved your um, playlist of songs, but you got one wrong. Love. Tainted Love is not by The Cure. What? No, but I love the Cure version. Oh, is that what it was? I'm looking yeah. at this. I'm like, how did the editor not catch this? Uh, well, we also spelled Marilyn Manson's name wrong. Oh, did you really? <laughs> <laughs> so, <laughs> there's some not editing things that were <laughs> done in my book. That was the great endorsements or whatever in the back. Was that with the Marilyn the Manson? Quotes. Yeah, the quotes are fucking the greatest. Amazing, right? What's your favorite what quote? I had, um, well, it depends because obviously. There is some really, really funny quotes that, like, they're just awesome. But my favorites is um, definitely Jason Reitman's, Jessica Chastain's, and Melissa Leo's are my three favorites. Both 
this is Jason's. Bellathorn writes poetry as a kidnapper might leave a ransom note. It's a threat, and I don't think she's fucking around. And I'm just like, man, that is a really good description of my writing. Like, I'm like, bro, I'm here. Take me. That's a fucking threat, bro. I'm going to fuck shit up. And then Jessica's. I haven't read Bella's book, but if it's anything like her, you're in for a treat. She's honest like so few are these days. She's a rule breaker. Doesn't stay in her lane. Pushes herself beyond what you'd expect. She misbehaves. Doesn't follow the rules. I love her for all of that. All women could benefit from behaving a little less. It's an exciting prospect, right? And I just think it's just dope because that's like not really even about me. It's just about in general, like, you know, what we should do. We should behave. We should we should misbehave a little more, you know, yeah, because you. Uh, we're, we're, we're staying too into the box. And then Melissa's. Bella is like an open Pandora's box, endlessly overflowing with golden delight and darkest seriousness. Your life could be altered if she catches your eye. Which I think is so cool because actually pretty much all of my friends have done something in their life that they totally changed. Um, because because of something I said once that they were like, bro, you said that. And it just, if like I completely just changed this whole shit up. And um, your life could be altered if she catches your eye. Like that's just so cool to be able to, to say look. something and leave an imprint yeah. um, on someone. Like to, to, to say something, give someone advice and then they take it and they're like, wow, my whole life changed after that. It's insane. Like, that's so beautiful because we should all have deeper conversations once in a while. We should all give each other more advice more often. <laughs> well, you've said it all. We just had a deep conversation. So I think we're, you know, working on it. Yeah. We're an inspiration for other people out there. Congratulations, <laughs> us. Well, thank, thank you so much for sitting down. It was a pleasure. It's great seeing you again. Guys, make sure you subscribe. We do these every week. Check out the podcast, too. I don't even know who we have coming up. Oh, the Kaplan twins we have coming up. They do, they're twins that do paintings with their ass. That's awesome. It is pretty awesome. We should That's get you. so cool. It's pretty cool, yeah. I want one. Yeah, so they do, like, they'll paint Justin Bieber or they'll do a custom one. So give me a Bella Thorne one, and it's called Sit, Sit on My Face. So they'll do Bella Thorne's picture, and then they'll sit on it so that your, their ass is on your face. That is so. That is so awesome. So we're gonna paint. Oh my god! Yeah. So it's fun. Please ask them for one for me. I will. Of oh, course they will. Yeah. Why not? That's amazing. Yeah. So check it out. <laughs> anyway, subscribe so you can see all this kind of cool shit. So thanks, guys. You were under the influence. We all were. Thanks for listening to this episode of Under the Influence. Please subscribe to this podcast, rate and comment. It will really help us out. Don't forget to check out our video episodes on YouTube.com forward slash Tom Ward Interviews. And you can always connect with Tom on social at MOT Draw One.